I'm Animatronic. Here is the T. The slogan U equals U stands for undetectable equals untransmittable. So you can without fear. Hello, everyone, and welcome back, back, back to Pass My Podcast. Beta, we're back, baby. It's so good to be with you again, I my know. love. But this is our last podcast of this year. Yeah, this is our last episode this year, and it's going to be a very, very special one because it's for World AIDS Day. That's yes, what we're celebrating right now. And Veda, tell all our listeners all the exciting news we just got recently. Well, this is how we're going to finish this season of Pause Vibe Podcast, but our next season is going to be recorded at World Pride in Sydney <gasps> in February of next year. Oh my God, Pause Vibe's going international. Yeah, We're kids. going international. Woo-hoo! We've been invited by the Irish Consulate and the Sydney Queer Irish to be the honoured guests mm-hmm. at Sydney Mardi Gras and World Pride Sydney, which is mind blowing considering our little journey of I our know, little podcast. I know it's really a full circle moment because people who probably heard my story, they know that, you know, HIV took me away from Australia and now it's bringing me back. I it's know. bringing me there. Oh my and God. And hopefully it'll leave him there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a really big deal. We're going to talk to the Irish diaspora in um, Sydney, but also because it's World Pride, just really interesting queer people. And it's not just going to be about HIV, it's just going to be the interesting people of uh, who will be there. We're so excited. Yeah, we haven't Googled to find out who's going to yeah. be there. We just <laughs> who know will talk to us. We're going to be there. <laughs> That's all that matters. Danny and Kylie are going to be there. Exactly, exactly. So tell our listeners what this World AIDS Day special is all about. Well, we're having a full circle moment here because we're back in the original podcasting studio where we recorded our first ever podcast together, which was about a year and a half ago. But it seems seems like like a lifetime, a lifetime ago. And that meeting, that first session was recorded Mm -hmm. for the film How to Tell a Secret, which some of you who've been listening to us probably know already about. It's a documentary movie about the experience of people living with HIV. And Robbie and I both feature heavily in this film along with some other amazing stories. Mm -hmm. And when we first recorded our very first episode, they were here. Yes, they were behind the screen, but now they're in front of the screen with us. And first, I want to bring in Sean. Sean Dunn, you absolute beauty who doesn't age. What have you done? Yeah. (laughs) What have you done, Sean Dunn? (laughs) How are you doing, Sean? Uh, I'm good. Thanks for having me. It's amazing to listen to both of you, like, and haven't been here for that first ever mm-hmm. podcast yeah it's just great to see you guys do your thing and i'm so happy that the podcast has grown such legs and i'm delighted to be here well you've been a big part of the journey of um just trying to make ireland a better place for people living with hiv from the advocacy work that we've done together and what the movie has done over the few years um now sean i don't want to hold this against you i don't want to stigmatize you but you're hiv negative HIV negative, yeah. As far as I know at the moment. (laughs) You need to get a test phase. It's been a minute. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you are HIV negative, but you made a play about people living with HIV. You made a movie about people living with HIV. You know, you really got a conversation started in this country. Can I ask, like, what was your motivation behind making the play forth and how was it evolving it into a movie? It was you, babe. You were my <laughs> motivation. Um, well, <laughs> the meaning in your life. Yeah. <laughs> I know the feeling. You're my prerogative. Um, yeah, the, the reason I suppose I came to the issue, well, obviously, actually, I was always concerned with the subject, being like, you know, a young queer guy from working class Dublin. It was something that I'd heard of. It was something that I was definitely living in fear of. Um, and growing up and starting to have sex, 
you know, it was definitely a shadow in the room in terms of, mm-hmm. you know, my first experiences with men. Um, and then we met each other and we got to know each other. And you Sean got me free cum shots and promo. And I thought you were going to say something <laughs> else. I was like, <laughs> "Come shots is a shot that they were giving out." In how we <laughs> how we met was I used to work in um in Cor- on Pixie's shot bar in Cormac Cashman's promo when I was in the Dragon on George Street, and you were like recently single at the time, and I was working on the shot bar and reasonably our eyes met. single. You mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not re- yeah, not recently single at all. In a rela- no, he was recently single and reasonably single, and um, we met at the bar, and mm-hmm. yeah, then. But we you're right. Thanks, and you're giving me babe. free shots. I was you like, "This is gonna well. something's gonna happen here." Yeah. <laughs> These days they call that grooming, but in those I'm days, <laughs> yeah. just flirting. There was very little alcohol. <laughs> there was very little alcohol in those the shots. Yeah. <laughs> it was all cum and I, no alcohol. Yeah, I, <laughs> I won't reveal Cormac Cashman's oh recipe God. too Come much. Cash, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't say the c word. <laughs> but um, yeah. So we we obviously met and we had a relationship and then. The diagnosis of um, mm-hmm. HIV came into your life, and I was I like to think a support to you at the time. Um, I had to get tested as part of that journey, um, and I was you know developing a documentary theatre practice at the time, and I was working with testimony quite a lot and working with different communities. Um, I was kind of at the beginning of my career really, and mm-hmm. um, when I ha- when I approached you about Rapids the theatre project, which the film is based on. But yeah, really, I think, you know, listening to you talk about your journey and your your work specifically in peer support was the inspiration. Um, that's kind of, yeah, where it all kicked off from. And Sean, there's something really special about you because someone who's, as someone myself who's come out to people about my HIV status, knowing your age at the time and Robbie's age, you're both like just twinks, very inexperienced. <laughs> the, <laughs> the, other, <laughs> the other people that Robbie came out to, as far as I know, didn't handle it as well as you did. And certainly people that I've had that experience with um, didn't handle it as well as you did. And that makes you very special to me. And I mm-hmm. want to know, what do you think it is about you or your upbringing? I met your parents, by the way. I adore them. But why is it that you handled it so well and put him first and not you first? Um, thanks for that. <laughs> I suppose I wasn't ever... I think sometimes what can happen in someone's naive response to a HIV diagnosis entering the relationship is, is that you can forget in the drama of it, that it's possible that you were the person who brought HIV into the relationship. Um, so I think sometimes there can be negative reactions because people assume that they're at risk and you've done this to me, but I never had that piece. I always knew when Robbie sat me down, I was like, oh, it's very likely, you know, both of us are, are riding rings around Dublin. <laughs> it's not, it's, it's not, it's, it's not just Which Robbie. Like, so I, yeah. <laughs> Reasonably single, uh, full yeah, circle on that exactly. one. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I didn't think for a minute that it was something that he brought in, and I suppose that was always on top of on on the top of my mind. Um, yeah, but Sean, you know, um, uh, people's instincts. Okay, so uh, it's interesting reactions. I, I I never give out about people who give initial bad reactions because it's a shock, and a lot of people don't have the yeah. language or understanding of it a lot of the time. You are educated on HIV, mm-hmm. and I just think you have a, a a good awareness that most people don't. But I just think you're an inherently caring person because when I was like, Sean, I'm going to tell you the worst thing that next can say to you, 
which was my words, now thinking back dramatic. Like, you know, it's actually not, it's, I'm dying is the worst yeah. thing. <laughs> but this is obviously... You're dying is the worst thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but when I said it to you, so nervous in our Eddie Rocket scene, you initially just put your hand to me and was like, how are you feeling? And it was just that initial reach out. It was, it was about me, not it, basically. I know... Or, or the potential transmission is really caring. Do you know what there was as well, actually? I realised a couple of things in that moment because you'd been quite sick when we were seeing each other. Like, you had a very, very bad chest infection. And I remember, like, observing you being quite unwell for a while. Mm. And when you sat down, you didn't look well. Like, actually, which, just to be, like, really upfront about it, that helped. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh-huh. when when Robbie was sitting across from me, he looked a little bit run down. His eyes were very red. He all didn't, the cum shots. Didn't, all the cum shots yeah. catching up. <laughs> didn't, um, <laughs> didn't really look like himself. Um, so it wasn't mm-hmm. possible to react in any other way, mm-hmm. actually. Then and so it was quite unwell, actually. My CD4 count was 237. So you said I was six months away mm. from potentially getting an eighth spinal illness. Wow. Like, HIV was in my body since I was 18. And on the flip side, I felt quite well actually and yeah. I know like you can you can go years and years and years and have mm-hmm. HIV in your body and not have any symptoms at all so that's I still needed to get tested straight away and I got my test like basically the next day because I happened to be traveling to London so I found out very quickly um that I was HIV negative mm-hmm. um but I had a feeling when I was sat across me although I got very stressed out and like maybe you couldn't see that I was stressed out um there was also a moment where I was like I think I'm okay mm-hmm. Um, and you also ha- you actually came with a lot of information like you were you were able to give me you probably don't really remember this but like the likelihood of oh I went into this rabbit hole of informing myself about HIV and I was so sick on a triplet at the time that drug that made me delusional and getting like you know absentee seizures every day so I was on like information overload because I wanted to come equipped to mm-hmm. come back to all my sexual partners previously Sean you're a documentary theater like, I don't know, Goliath, let's say. Um, and the thing about documentary theatre is we need to get testimonies. So how many testimonies of people living with HIV did you get for Rapids and the movie? Oh, God, it's hard to say. I think overall, including Rapids, not all of the testimonies from Rapids have made their way into the mm-hmm. film. It's Rapids, specific. by the way, for the people at home who aren't quite up to speed, is the play that the movie has Tell a Secret is based on, just in case anyone missed that. Absolutely. Sorry, Sean. Yeah, thank you. I think I probably sat down. Oh God, it's actually, and but I'd say probably about fifty people. Mm-hmm. Um, but that that was done differently. Like I probably had you know like twenty sit down interview sessions with people, and then I met with lots of groups. Mm-hmm. So we had a, a men's group in yeah. the Abbey once upon a time, mm-hmm. and there was like I mean at that session, the first one alone, there was probably like thirty five men that came to that group, um, and then Erin Nugent from HIV Ireland. She introduced us to, you know, 12 women, mm-hmm. 12 migrant women who were living with HIV. So the numbers are probably a little bit bigger than I actually even remember because over the years we've just kind of built up a crew. Mm-hmm. Um, but all of the stories that I encountered didn't ultimately make it into Rapids and some didn't make it into How to Tell a Secret Eater. But the kind of process that we had was around finding commonalities between people mm-hmm. and threads and similar stories and that was how at the time I kind of made the the decision around what to include and how. I think that's important because uh, many people who live in HIV who probably see the movie is like, well, that's maybe not representative of my story, but it can't be. We can't get every single person's. But what we did try, and you certainly done really well, was, because I was in many of those interviews with you, was find the commonalities and really showcase that. 
I, mm-hmm. I think you've done that extremely well. And extremely difficult because everyone's story was so important, every part of it. So I don't know how you done that editing. That, that, that for me was so... For the show, it was like... For the theatre piece, it was really, really tricky. Um, but it also became like th- that thing of like, I was like, every story in this piece has a twin. Like every story in the play has a story that has like a core action Mm-hmm. that's in parallel to someone else's testimony so maybe I didn't feature this person's exact testimony but there's another story that they can see and can see themselves in mm-hmm. um, so that became just part of the, ed- the editing process which was handy and we are allowed to share with everyone now because the, the news is already out there that Hatch Tell Secret is going to get a general release Woo-hoo! in Ireland around the time of World AIDS Day which is an amazing accomplishment mm-hmm. I don't have much experience in film but seeing this little film go from strength to strength has been really moving for me every festival every time it's screened every time that it gets a little bit of press it just gives me such a thrill and to see the actual scan on Irish mm. cert yesterday where it's gotten approved you know to be shown in cinemas really touched me so congratulations it's outstanding really what you've achieved or what we've achieved mm-hmm. I guess it's definitely been a group effort it's so emotional I do you know. think that's because the subject is just so emotional or just because I'm so emotional <laughs> <laughs> I think I mean uh, we've it's kind of come up actually a couple of times in the Q&A's and I really think that the film is about community like you know that's what the film is about and I think it has that unifying feeling yeah. so you know and, and like you said it's it's hard work and we've made the film and the theatre project we weren't playing with massive budgets let's say yeah. so we were definitely always kind of the underdog like pushing 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 against the tide um, and so, during yeah. Covid during COVID, COVID yeah. Right? All <laughs> COVID. I have 10 different awful haircuts, <laughs> including <laughs> mine now. Because I went five months without a barber and then that was the main interview and I look like awful through the whole thing. I can't even look at myself. No. But it was a big push and I know, like, thanks to Zlata and Anna and yourself were just making it work and the whole team, the camera crew, because it was during really difficult situations doing mask on mask off trying to get makeup done like everything was just bonkers the fact that it happened during covid as well has a special magic i mm-hmm. think for me too because it was a time when my everything else stopped for me my career that i've been like working so hard on since 1997 to be a cabaret star and all of a sudden there's no club there's no bar there's no stage mm-hmm. there's no drag and to be able to get this opportunity at the same time i was like playing around with the idea of doing a podcast and those things just came together mm-hmm. beautifully and literally put Robbie and I in the same room in this room, room. Oh. in this room with cameras and now you know the, the idea that that's going to be seen by so many more people especially here in Ireland it's so special so come see it yeah, special everyone. yeah everyone come see it December 1st is going to be in Dublin it's going to be in Galway it's going to be in Cork and you uh, will put all the notes in the show notes um Sean, I'm so happy you brought up women. We did interview a lot of women because often in Ireland their stories are left untold, but they want to share their stories. You played around with gender in Rapids and you played around with gender in um, the movie How to Tell a Secret. Do you want to talk a little bit about your artistic expression and doing that? Mm-hmm. Uh, so when we were making the theatre project, it was actually, I mean, it just, we started the theatre project in 2016 and there's been a lot of change in terms of our response to HIV as a society, I think, since then. But, like, at the time, I felt like the thing that wasn't being included was, you know, the female perspective. And I wondered why that was. And I encountered very quickly that, it, you know, it's it's that much of a harder ask, you know, for women living with HIV to get involved in something like a theatre project, to get involved in something like a film project. Um, so with 
documentary theatre in particular, you know, people are representing other people's stories. It's not real, you know, mm -hmm. it's not real. So there was an opportunity for us to do what I call like a dual representation. So if, if I, I give um, your testimony to Eva Jane Gaffney, she might be telling her story, which is, you know, a male perspective, but ultimately her body and her energy and her presence tells a story that maybe isn't in the room quite mm -hmm. yet. So that abstraction, it's very, very small, just meant that the, the piece had a very strong female energy um, throughout our whole process. And then it was something that when we moved towards the film project, things were changing naturally, that we could actually just involve more and more yeah. women. Um, and it started to... Well, let's talk about female energy, because... Woo! <laughs> Oh my God, Eva Jean Gaffney, you are in the house or in the gaff. How are you? Hello, thanks Hi. for having me. Thanks, everyone. Oh my God, I'm so happy to introduce you because you're the biggest ride. You've always, I've known you years and years <laughs> and years. And you play my story as well as other women's story in the movie and in the play. So you've yep. been part of this journey with us all. How does it feel to represent, I suppose, my story, the male story, but also the other stories of the women? Well, on a personal note, having known you when we were younger, you know, and, and I remember when you came out about your status and this was like a Facebook status time. You know what I mean? There wasn't Instagram and stuff like that. It was a much so. So it was a much slower, you know, now if there, if news goes out, everyone has it straight away. But this was a long time ago, you know, and I remember it opened a conversation and then when Sean came to me in 2018, is that right? Um, about doing Rapids and that I would be telling your story. That was just amazing. And that kind of felt so right because I remember you as a teenager growing up and stuff like that. And I loved that it doesn't matter what gender is telling what gender mm -hmm. story. Um, well, the HIV doesn't care. Exactly. And that's what's so beautiful about yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and all the gender bending and blending is so yes. important. Just in general. Absolutely. Just absolutely. General. Because and I do remember it was maybe something that I thought of for a couple of days in rehearsal. But then all of a sudden, you know, myself and Lauren Larkin, uh, she was in the play with us. Like we just completely forgot about whose story it was. And we were reading things in a script and we weren't even asking Sean, was this a male story or a female story? There were certain things that were obvious because we talk about pregnancy or, you mm -hmm. know, but it really just became about human, yeah. humans telling secrets, you mm -hmm. know? Um, and, and for people who haven't seen the film yet, mm -hmm. uh, tell me this, Eva. So you are gonna, you play Robbie and you tell other stories. Yeah. There are other actors. Yeah in the film yes and they're doing the same thing and then there's also real people playing themselves in the film mm -hmm. myself and robbie for example and a couple other people that we won't tell you now because yes. that could be a spoiler mm -hmm. alert yeah but which yeah. i mean is one of the most incredible things too because you know just the growth of a lot of people who would have been involved during mm -hmm. the play uh, to then get to where Sean and yourselves got everybody to for the film is just going to be such a treat for people mm -hmm. to see, you know. It's amazing. Do you know what else is fun, though? I just think of, of everybody involved in the project. You always seem like the most emotional to me. <laughs> which <laughs> always, Very uh, true. It just touches yeah. me so, so much because I'm like, she's not oh, living well, with HIV. <laughs> <laughs> but when we when we did, um, you remember, we went out for um, 
last year on mm-hmm. the 1st of December. And what really hit me a lot was I, I read, you know, a testimony from someone and I was standing at the back of the crowd at one stage and I turned around and there was a man who had kind of wandered into Meeting House Square, right? And I just went over to him and he goes, what's this about? And I was telling him and I said, stay. Uh, is it a private thing? I said, no, not at all. Come mm-hmm. in, stay. And then about he stayed and he he watched people speak. And then he came over to me about 10 minutes later and he went, thanks a million for that. I'm going to I'm going to look that up now. And you know what I mean? And uh-huh. it's really opened up. I, I had a few friends who were able to come into our screening that we had in the IFI mm-hmm. um, and particularly my heterosexual female friends, they were their eyes were completely opened about HIV in women. They mm. really just they were saying, you know, I just never really thought about it like that and um. how how much it is in every community and, you know, it's mm. everywhere. Um and the conversation needs to be everywhere and testing needs to be everywhere and just breaking all that stigma is so important. There's so much in the movie, but if people can just take that away with that alone, mm-hmm. of course you equals you as well. Um but just the women's story is so important. Yeah. And I'm just so happy that translated to your friends. Before you told me um what your mom said about it, yeah. what does she find special? Could you so tell our listeners? I know we love mams on this podcast. Yeah. And your <laughs> mammy special was uh-huh. a brilliant one. So my mom said, for me, it was carrying on the legacy of the dice man, Tom McGinty, because a trip into town in the 80s was made all the more interesting and worthwhile just seeing what he had to say that day. Love the way Veda got to carry on his legacy with much more honest and upfront language. And then loads of love hearts. <laughs> oh, what's your mum's name? Paula. We love you, Paula. Yeah. Yeah. And for those of you who don't know, like Paula quite uh, correctly pointed out, we get to pay tribute to mm-hmm. Tom McGinty, the Dice Man, who sadly passed in the mid 90s of AIDS and was an icon, of, uh, like a performance arts icon in Dublin. And I personally get to represent him which is like such a huge honor but in such an iconic and mm. beautiful it's way how i feel know. about representing robbie lawler that's beautiful i represent <laughs> robbie lawler in a different way and <laughs> <laughs> um, eva jane we got to work with each other because you're playing yeah. me but we kind of like get to work with each other mm-hmm. and it's kind of like in this like a dream like mode and some of it but one of my favorite scenes to do was we were in like a mother nightclub essentially yes. and we had to dance for hours <laughs> without a lick of alcohol and like we were mad over yeah well I was on my yeah yeah I was like oh, it was like I took 10 yolks or so yeah. <laughs> but it translates so well but there was one stage where we had to look at each other with our hands and it was this really intense scene I'm like are we gonna kiss now <laughs> <laughs> is this my moment to kiss Eva Jane Gaffney <laughs> <laughs> honestly it was my favourite once Robbie <laughs> has a strobe like that's it he's off like, yeah, 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 exactly. everybody well, yeah exactly. Just make sure, yours. yeah, make sure Sean isn't doing the promo. Yeah. <laughs> there are a handful of people at this table, and Robbie's kissed all but one. <laughs> <laughs> Anna, you're next. Oh my god. Anna, you are up next. How are you? I am delighted to be here. Like Sean said, it's it's a weird feeling being back here now in front of the mic when we were like all hiding and I think probably crawling around to the floor at some point mm. to hide from the cameras. Um, so, yeah. Just to let our listeners know who you are, you're Anna Rogers, you are a director, you are part of Invisible Tread, along with Zlata, who we adore, our producer. Um, you helped Sean get the funding to turn Rapids into a movie. What was your motivation behind that? 
Yeah, so I went along to see Rapids. Uh, Slata was supposed to come with me, but I think she was sick. And I had one of those sliding doors life moments where I nearly didn't go because going to theatre on your own, you know, I do it now and again, but it's nice to have someone with you. But I I just thought, no, I'm really interested in this topic and I'm going to go. And I sat there on my own and I cried and I laughed and I felt all the feelings. And um, yeah, I really, I so remember it. I really remember seeing Eva Jane perform for the first time actually when you first came out. Like I can see your face and everything. Mm-hmm. So I was really, really taken with it. And afterwards I asked Sean to meet me for a coffee. And normally in these situations, what happens is a director goes, look, I love your book or I love your play. I want to option it. Mm-hmm. I want to take the rights to it, buy it from you and and make it. But I had seen a short film that Sean made that was really experimental. and I really liked the language of the film. Um, and I thought it would be much more interesting as a documentary maker to collaborate. Like as a documentary maker anyway, lo- it's very similar to documentary theatre. You're meeting people and working with them to tell their story. Mm-hmm. You're not kind of taking their story and, and going away with it. You're kind of creating something together in a way. But w- this was taking it to a whole new level where we collaborated on everything, which I always say, fair play to us, that we're still smiling at each other and we're still <laughs> friends because it's it's a hard thing to do mm-hmm. as a creative, like to yeah. to kind of share all the decision making across COVID-19 the board. And COVID-19 was a stressful time for everyone, let alone <laughs> trying to make a movie. Well, that's it. And get to know each other because each we other didn't know each other at all. styles Exactly. I so think we it's definitely one of the strongest points about your style like, mm. uh, like I feel so lucky to collaborate with you guys yeah. but also because it was a genuine collaboration yeah. like you gave us freedom to do our own thing like m- me in the street Robbie and Sean you know mm. I- in the theater and Ava Jane too there definitely was like a feeling like we could bring more than than I thought Mm-hmm. to the party like some of my favorite friends are in the film yeah. like mm-hmm. the the costumes that are in the film like the my dead dog is in the film and my <laughs> not quite <laughs> the ghost dead of, husband the ghost of <laughs> you know but it's like you just came along a- on that ride with us instead of trying to portray what you thought our lives were you just kind of just soaked up mm-hmm. what it really is yeah and that's the thing with directing as well like that if you don't listen to your actors your contributors your performers and you know let them be part of the creative process then you lose out actually so we, mm-hmm. we got so much from that I actually sometimes think about like what would that reenactment of the Dice Man's life have been like if we just went with our own ideas and hadn't had all your wonderful beautiful creation uh, oh, involved you. so like I, I do think that, that that's what adds to it and makes mm-hmm. it really special. Um, yeah. Anna, because you're probably not new to the world of HIV, you probably knew a bit about it, but just you really went, you did a deep dive. I went deep. You yeah, went deep. I went deep and I'm still finding yeah, things yeah, out. Yeah, exactly. No, I, I know you're kind of, as a director, you kind of look for social justice issues. Do you know, you, you do think things that are normally in the dark and try to bring them to the people, which I absolutely love, which is artivism. What this is, is artivism. Well, artivists. Um, what was your biggest takeaway from this whole experience in terms of HIV? How has that opened your eyes? I think I, I, you know, probably because I am a woman, I was really, really deeply moved by my experiences of meeting the women whose stories we featured um, because we had like really, you know, meaningful, long conversations and interviews with them and and knowing the complexity of why they couldn't show their faces yeah. and feeling that, you know, on an em- empathetic level when you're kind of 
getting to know them and knowing their life circumstances, their relationships with their children or their parents. And and that really struck me so much because like it's 2022 um, mm. we talk about a lot of things in Ireland now and a lot of things over the years that we've made documentaries about from mental health in psychiatric hospitals you know going back to you know 20 years ago to people talking about you know mother and baby homes or you know talking about sexuality you know talking about gender but this topic was just really really hard to find a way to communicate those stories so that that uh, that was the biggest I suppose emotional learning for me was even that thing that comes up in the film as well about I'm watching what I say now because Mm -hmm. I don't want to put pressure on anyone listening thinking Mm -hmm. you know I feel bad that I couldn't take part and knowing that when you say where are the women's voices or we want to represent women that that's actually a really hard thing for them to hear too so you know women aren't voiceless they're, yeah. they're not. And uh, every step of the way, they really wanted to help and to share their stories, but in a way that's safe for them right now. And as I said earlier exactly. about how how much had changed between the time that we did the play mm-hmm. and then to get to the film, the amount of people that I had conversations with that I went, oh, wow, I didn't know that you were involved in the play or, you know, so who knows in another two years how many more people will have their face to the voice or you know mm-hmm. yeah things change yeah things change they evolve and, and grow it's when, amazing when the time is mm-hmm. right you I know? really do think this movie's part of that social change yeah and um, when we done our world as the world as day event last year when we were talking publicly in Temple Bar we had two women speaking publicly like and we're, we were told by certain people in the HIV world women won't get up and speak and they did speak so I do think, you know, things are changing. The curtain is raising for many women. And um, it, it's just for us to make Ireland a better, safer place that they can actually get out there and share their stories. I love that too, because things are changing. They change inside and outside. Like for me, my journey from when we first shot our first interview for, th- for the film to us getting together to record, my feelings about HIV, my knowledge about HIV, um, ha- my jokes have gotten much better too. <laughs> <laughs> everything, really? everything has changed. Well, you haven't heard them yet. Yeah. You are ah. them. Um, <laughs> everything has changed, you know, because once you start, start to let go of that shame I- in within yourself, that release, that little release inside you inspires the same, yeah. I think, in the community around you. And we have seen so many people that like, that now are standing in their truth and then go beyond standing in their truth to a point where, respectfully, they don't care anymore. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so great, where they just, you know, it isn't heavy to talk about it anymore. It isn't sad. <laughs> Let's bring up the topic of secrets, because it's how to tell a secret. It's all about, well, it's not all about, but mainly about how we navigate disclosure as POS people in Ireland today. Um, and I say, and it's in the trailer, so I'm not giving any spoilers, but it's like um, people living from HIV are silent about their status because society has silenced us and i really think this movie is a great way of showcasing what society has done what's our fears of coming out i think we're making the point around you know um like really like live freely actually and live like live like in your own way 
but d- but live shame free as much as possible. I think yeah. that's what we're trying to say, regardless of whether you're the kind of person that can go on television or do a newspaper piece or even tell your your brother or sister or whoever it is in your life. If that's not for you, that's okay. But don't be ashamed. I think yeah. that's the kind of thing that we're trying to presence ultimately. Yeah. It's I'm hard, ta- though. It's difficult. No, I'm sorry. But it is difficult for me because I feel a little conflicted around this stuff. I, I think Anne Doyle put it beautifully mm-hmm. in the, our podcast, which ended up in the movie, when she said, you have to be strong and you have to be defiant. I don't want to put pressure on people to come out about their status, but I can sincerely say for myself, it's been so transformative and positive. Yeah. And I feel like it would be for a lot of other people. Mm-hmm. And we can make change on our own. A handful yeah. of us who have come out standing around our U equals U t-shirts and all my friends painting banners and making merch. It's great and I love it. And I'm so proud to be part of it. But every single person who's living with HIV can help us to make that change much quicker to destroy the shame and the stigma much quicker if they can find a way to stand in their truth. I know it doesn't work like that in every individual mm-hmm. case by case, but I'm sensitive to saying too much, saying it's okay, you don't have to, it's fine. I'm like, well, if you're in a situation where you can, can yeah. you should, yeah. not for you, for, for all others. of us. Because yeah. it's almost like, don't complain about stigma if you're okay if you're to come out. Exactly. Yeah, it's kind of a nine in that way. Yeah. But I think um, our previous Pause Vibe um, <laughs> guest, Michael O'Dee, put it nicely. He's like, there's a very big difference between privacy and secrecy. Mm-hmm. So people are private. Do you know, there are people who are diabetic, epileptic. They just don't want people to know. And that's completely fine. They don't have to tell anyone. But if they want to tell someone and they feel they can't because society tells them that, that for me is the hard part. We need to remove that veil of secrecy or, or that um, force that they feel is upon them. Yeah, because the fear of the potentially bad consequences of them doing it just perpetuates those potentially bad consequences for themselves and everybody else. You know what I mean? Um, we've done so many, say, corporate talks, for example, or mm-hmm. different fabulous roundtable talks. Yeah, book us. Book us, yeah. book us, <laughs> do book us, book us, book us. We're very available. Great but coach. only <laughs> once have we ever been met with someone out in the organization living with HIV who mm. chose and wanted to talk to us. And that was a guy in New York and Facebook. Mm-hmm. And we've talked to some big corporations and some have had like big numbers of attendees, over a 1, thousand, twelve hundred people. But no one has come out to us in that scenario, either at during, before or after the talk. And that really still to, to me, it's a sad mm-hmm. thing, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. because you would think there'd be someone like a Robbie Lawler or a Veda lady or whoever there in the company who's out and cool and wants to say, thank you for that talk. I'm paused too. That was wonderful. Yeah. But it doesn't happen. Yeah. And that's why it doesn't happen, because within those environments, it's still not cool. Mm-hmm. It's still kind of career suicide or can be perceived to be career suicide. Mm-hmm. So that one guy on Facebook on his own, he needs his gay mates, straight <coughs> mates, cause mates mm-hmm. to come out as well. Yeah. That's where the change happens. But and that's, that's the whole reason to make a film as well. Like, you know, you're looking for that motivation to get people talking about something. And the people who come forward to talk in a documentary about a stigmatized topic, you know, they're, they're always a small group. And then you see like a few years later, there's more and more come forward. So like, you know, that's where the title really comes from mm-hmm. and it's how to tell your story how to you know how to come out and share it and different ways of doing yeah. that and why it makes a difference so if we look back at like you know the last 20 years in Ireland like the reason why Ireland has changed so massively 
is because people came forward and mm-hmm. shared stories. And we saw it through repeal and mm-hmm. marriage equality. Um, so this is like another one of those topics that we it's really... It's a snowball effect. Exactly. It we is. Just it's need the falling off the domino, for create, sure. Create conversations mm-hmm. and awareness. And I think that's what the film is doing. We don't have a woman living with HIV um, on this podcast, but many were represented in the movie. Yeah. Um, you read out a lot of testimonies. Yes. And secrecy was a big part of that. Like... Um, how did you find that? Like, what was the key themes and secrecy for the women's perspective? There really is not that it's easier for any group or any um, gender or person to to come out, but there does feel like there isn't a, a strong or visible community for women coming out. As you guys know, they're they're it's it's just that people feel like they might throw this out into the void and then it just be a void and, you know, not have the supports there mm-hmm. or the friends there and go, I'm such a, I, I feel so different to say the, what the majority of people who come out about their, with their HIV status is. And myself and Lauren as well, Lauren Larkin, who did the play, we spoke about that a lot too and just, it's just the secrecy and the yeah. stigma, really, wasn't it? There's a lot of women who say, Do you know, I'm fine with HIV. It's one pill a day. Do you know, I yeah. have my kids, I have my family. No one cares. Yeah. I don't need to be out about my status. Do you know, it's like, and I think that's that's one beauty of living with HIV, okay? It affects them not at all. Yeah. Um, that they don't feel like that there's a need. That's mm. just one part of their lives. And I do think that also needs to be almost celebrated. You know, not everyone Definitely. needs to be an activist or an advocate. And, and sometimes, you know, that could rock their very comfy boat. And I, and I really have to say, you know, that that's where the pressure comes from too. Mm. But I do think we do need some mobilization and different voices yeah. out there too. But I think it's the... The, that's the the really simple thing to get across is you equals you and I mean I say I'm constantly talking to everybody about it now and everybody I speak to about it who hasn't seen the play or the film or I haven't drilled down their, <laughs> their throat before they're like oh I never knew that mm-hmm. you know and it's so it really is not going to um affect anybody else as you said mm. my hiv status doesn't affect anybody do you go around you know? saying a ride is just a ride i do yeah, yeah. <laughs> i've been saying that for years though way <laughs> before i was doing the play i was saying don't get any ideas don't get any ideas a ride is just a ride <laughs> you know they say as well though if you can't see it you can't be it so i like i totally get what you're saying and i appreciate it it is such a delicate subject yes. really people's choices around their HIV status but I feel like if there aren't women out there if there wasn't a Robbie Lawler for me to see at speaking at a marriage equality referendum rally back in 2015 that planted a seed in me thinking I want to do that too I want to do that for people like me and be like Robbie Lawler and if we don't have a female Roberta Lawler out there if you haven't got a mascot for the team it's very hard to rally the team, mm-hmm. you know. Well, Veda, I think this movie it just means that we're all we're almost there. You yeah. know, there are women out there and they're on the cusp. Like you they know, totally we just are, we just yeah. need that well, extra bit of help. We have a gorgeous Rebecca Talent. Oh come on, like you know, we have a champion. We and have a you champion. You know, Liz Martin's book, you know, Last yeah. Woman Standing, is incredible.
people um, but more representation yeah. absolutely is needed and I think this movie is really a big step in helping women so we uh, thank you Eva Jane for saying that Eva Jane not Eva Jane <laughs> for um, Evil Jane Evil Jane for encouraging <laughs> people because um, <laughs> uh, uh, this movie is for everyone right and yeah. someone in your life there could be a woman in your life living with HIV and the fact that you could go home talk about this movie you could be the person that they come up yeah. with and your tribe is here you know the tribe is here yeah there's a community behind you can I ask you guys just for fun and I probably should have pre like warned you <laughs> that I was going to ask you this <laughs> but off the top of your heads favorite scenes from Ooh. the film favorite scenes oh. from the film that's, that's a really good question. I'll start with you Robbie because you're used to thinking on your feet <laughs> um, aesthetically it's you at the Dice Man Aww. I just love it so much I get, I get shivers and it's just a, it's um, an evolution of HIV because we look at the Dice Man in the 80s 90s and even like uh, old clips of um, people shouting no don't get AIDS on the street versus you on Grafton Street it's just that evolution that just brings me so much joy I think it's one of it's a real spirit of the movie actually I just think it's we're taking a stand and I think that scene just shows how we're taking a stand in such a visible and beautiful way so I would say that but of course I love the whole movie so Mm. And I'm going to say, because we can pick the scenes first and then you guys are like, yeah. damn, I was going to say that. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> I like I love all of you guys. And you're such amazing actors. But my favorite scene, I'm going to give it to Jay Jordan and the actress playing her daughter. What's her name? Abigail. Yeah. Abigail. And the choreography mm. of that scene, the silence and the, 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 the choreography mm. of the testing scene on the table. It, even just thinking about it gives me chills. It's just beautiful. Such They're an both intimate brilliant. moment. Mm -hmm. And the stakes are so high, you mm. know? Like, I love that. Mm -hmm. Anna. Oh, it's so hard. There's so many, because there's loads of behind the scenes mm. things, too. So, I mean, I also love the Dice Man, because that felt kind of very personal to Thank me. Thank you so much. Because, I, you know, I'd worked with you before, Veda, and I never forgot how amazing you were. Um, in that interview and thought we have to do something again but I have to bring up the blowing up the car <laughs> <laughs> and it's not that it's my favourite scene um, but it's just that when you're a documentary maker you can't um, you sometimes envisage things that you want to do and then you never get to do them because you don't have the money and you don't have an amazing producer like Slata Filipovic mm -hmm. and they're just kind of crazy ideas and you just put them to bed and you just have to accept it but we weren't accepting it <laughs> and we wanted to represent kind of a feeling of of anger so this i suppose is an artistic achievement really it probably doesn't mean as much to anybody else but sean's nodding and looking mm -hmm. at me with a sparkle and but i know dublin fire brigade helped dublin you fire brigade yeah. did we wow. had no money to do it like you know we were very very grateful for the budget we had but we we didn't have money to be doing stunts and things like that. And we knew we had to do it safely because we really liked our crew. We didn't want Eleanor Bowman to be blown up. But we Sean's did. from the inner city. He's like, I'll just set fire to a car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was well, like, it's really not that hard. Why is everyone making this a big song and dance? I'm going to burn the car. Yeah. We, we did say that. <laughs> that was our backup plan. But yeah, we, we well, I think we blew up a car for 500 euros. So thank yeah. you so much to Dublin Fire Brigade for making that happen. Giving you and it was <laughs> for free. It was so expensive mm. on screen. It's a very fabulous mm. scene, in mm. fairness. Yeah, I love it too. How about you, Shani? Um, I love that scene. Uh, I also love that Blores with the with another Dice Man moment. Yeah. We're not going to say too many spoilers, mm -hmm. yeah. um, but there's a lovely kind of stitching that we did with Gorgeous. that scene and another sequence involving Vader, which is great, so watch out for that. I love 
another car moment, but there's a moment it's Lauren Larkin that Eva Jane mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, she has a moment where it's again it's one of the more poetic pieces, but she's in the car, and it's based on a refrain that one of the women we were interviewing kept saying. She was like, "I'm out in the car because I have to get away from the kids. They can't listen to me, so mm-hmm. I come to the car to talk to you." And we did a piece where she's in the car and the kids are running around and they're trying to access her. They're banging on the windows and they're rubbing mud on the windows. And the music is very beautiful from our composer, Michael Fleming and Hugh Rogers as well. They did an amazing job on that section. And to me, it really encapsulates that testimony. Mm-hmm. So I remember when we got that, again, it's kind of a behind the scenes moment because for, I think for the audience, it's like, it'll come and go. But for us, when we got it, we were like, oh my God, we smashed it. Like we were so happy when we saw that And my that little sequence. boy is in that. Yes, so and my cousin so is in it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's really, and like just kids, there's kids in it. And it's just. Nepotism. You know, guys, <laughs> hire your family when you've no budget. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Lauren as well, though. Beautiful Lauren job. Larkin. Like, I love yeah, that Jay scene. Jordan. Really yeah. beautiful. Yeah. I, um, it, but this actually reminds me of when I was saying about the man in the meeting house who came up to me and was oh can I can I stay can I mm-hmm. listen the Dublin Fire Brigade actually this is a behind the scenes moment when you were smashing up the car and um, I was chatting to the guys at the fire truck like and telling them all about the film because they hadn't a clue they just knew some filmmakers wanted but to come fireman. and fireman bl- um, did you buy the calendar <laughs> <laughs> do you know what for the favours they did us I absolutely ah, yeah. <laughs> in full uniform I don't know that worse <laughs> for a lot less <laughs> but um, my favourite scene uh, is probably there's a, a quite a uh, no spoilers but there's quite a long scene of me telling Robbie's uh, story and the reason that it's one of my favourite scenes is because it really wasn't changed much from the play at all Mm -hmm. and that was such an amazing achievement to go theatre can be on screen Mm -hmm. and work and you know if you have the right tools and there was something that kind of just wasn't right and I was able because it's quite long now you know and I went over to Anna and we were chatting and we went well what can we change to just kind of make that work and then it just ended up working and it was just so beautiful to watch Sean and Anna be able to translate theatre to screen so well because the reason the film was made is because the the play was mm. so brilliant so we're coming to the end of this podcast <laughs> but don't worry we'll be coming into your earlobes in March yeah like the Wizards of Paws in, in the land the of Paws Australia of Paws. stop I'll yeah. be clicking my ruby heels yeah, and I'll be clicking my ruby lips <laughs> 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 and I'm not on my face we're <laughs> 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 in we always love to end on some sort of positive note so can I go around to each of you and could you say something positive either about the movie or HIV? The movie I think does also make the position of how integral art can be in our lives Mm -hmm. and how transformative art can be Mm -hmm. whether it's a song that you're writing, a street performance a documentary theatre play that you're making um, art is advocacy you know I think that's a really really positive piece that I'd love the audience More funding for the arts that's there, write your TDs that's Mm -hmm. what we need. Eva Jane? That is actually, I'm going to just copy you. That was exactly what I was thinking mm-hmm. too. So he's yeah. holding my hand here. Yeah. You can't <laughs> see, but he's holding my hand. And also, uh, Eva Jane, you are uh, you do lots of voiceovers as well, if you want to give yourself a plug. 
if you need to hire me for your <laughs> brand, I'm available. And I have a home studio. Oh, oh my God. God. Everyone has one of them now. Yeah. <laughs> and only fans. Yeah. I just had the ring light set up in the front room all, all times. Yeah. <laughs> How about you, Anna? Um, I'm just struck by the idea that, you know, you, you can make a change if you if you believe in doing something you can do it I know that sounds really kind of naff but like when I think about you guys had the idea to do this podcast and look at it now it's grown we had the idea last year to do this event for World AIDS Day and and it happened and we didn't have a lot to do it we didn't have a lot to do the to make the film either and now we're releasing the film as well and it's an independent release so Mm -hmm. you know there isn't a big machine behind us it's just me and Slata and Sean on our phones and on <laughs> and our passion. laptops and, and passion. passion. So actually, have, yeah. it isn't about like, you know, having huge resources. It's actually mm-hmm. just about caring about something, deciding you want to do something about it. And then you being the person to make that happen. You don't necessarily need some big organization to get behind you. But thank you so much to the Arts Council. <laughs> yeah, no, thank you. Obviously, we need some funding, but I think this is just a general rule for life. Some of the best campaigns that we've ever done were on peanuts because we have the passion to drive it forward and people are willing to help. It might not be huge money, but the change is huge. So we need some peanuts you. enlargement. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we need bigger budget. An extra inch or two. <laughs> so, Anna, can, can, I, can I ask really quickly, where is the movie going to be released and where can people get tickets? Okay, so this is the really important bit. So the film is coming out on the 1st of December. It's going to be shown in uh, the IFI in Dublin, in the Lighthouse in Dublin from the 1st of December. It's going to be in the Palace in Galway and in the Gate in Cork. So you can go onto the websites for IFI, Lighthouse, pa- Palace and the Gate to buy tickets. Mm-hmm. And the most important thing is, please, please, please come out on opening weekend. Opening weekend, I don't think people out there really realize it makes or breaks independent films. If you do well on your opening weekend, then the cinemas keep your film on. We're up against like eight or nine blockbusters. Yeah. And she's a Sharon. Yeah, it's got to get better. Them. Yeah, you know, so, so go out and see Irish films. Yeah. It's your one opportunity to see them. You might not get to see them again. Mm-hmm. And that's why they're so special. And you know, we need that support because if if it does well in that opening weekend, it could stay on for another week after that and another week after that. And share our trailer. We have a movie trailer. Share it on all social medias. Please, please. Yes. Please. And do come and check out our openings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're for free. Yeah. <laughs> okay, everyone. That is a wrap for 2022 in the Pause Fight Podcast. Yes. But we'll be around. Yay. So don't be shy. Come up and chat to us. We, we just love to have a kiki of any kind. Uh, Robbie and I. We thank you for your support throughout the year and we are so excited to see you from Sydney next yes. year. Yes, This World AIDS Day, the team is Equalize, where we need a level playing field for everyone in Ireland and around the world. So please keep that team to your heart, watch the movie, share with people because we all deserve it to be on a level playing field. We all deserve to be equal. Um, we will be in your earlobes from Oz. Keep in touch. It's so hard to say goodbye. I know. It's a see you later. It's a see you later. Love you guys. Thanks. Remember to stay powerful and stay positive. That's right. Sweet and salty. Woo! Don't forget to follow Pause Vibe Podcast on Instagram and Twitter too. Stay positive and stay powerful. Pause power. Stop the stigma. Zig a zig ah.